welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 120 for Saturday the 29th of September 2018. And it being the end of a month, or almost the end of a month, this episode will feature my quarter three review. So we're looking at July, August and September. First though, let me just catch you up with general news. And there's quite a lot of it, so brace yourself. You might want to put the kettle on. Um, General news this week. I haven't got a lot done this week because I've been dossing around, to be honest with you. So uh, on uh, what was it on Saturday, my wife and I jumped on a train to Edinburgh and we went to see the stage show of Benidorm, which is a UK kind of bawdy seaside humour carry on style um, TV series. Uh, and it's just finished and they've moved it onto the stage. We're big fans of that because, as you probably know, I, I love Spain. I love Benidorm the actual the real resort as well as well as the series so we went to see that uh, on stage which was brilliant really enjoyed that and then on Sunday we were dropping my eldest child off at university so we have one child left now in the house and so there are like two big bedrooms at either end of the top um, what you call it corridor landing the landing uh, upstairs and then the remaining child is in the sort of smaller bedroom in the middle and it seems bizarre so we're going to spend the whole winter uh, heating two large bedrooms that we don't really need so it's a funny old time really um I'm also going to be dossing around this weekend too and if and if you don't know what dossing means if you're not from the UK it just means being idle basically uh, not doing work and things I'm supposed to so on Friday I'm at a mastermind meeting of internet marketers in Glasgow now you probably know that I attend these every once in a while I like to kind of keep my foot in the door with internet marketers because they're they're always ahead of the curve really they they're they're very um well just yeah just on top of the latest marketing techniques and things like that basically we meet in a a hotel room uh that sounds really dodgy doesn't it (laughs) we 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 meet in a what's the way to do it's like a dining room it's a kind of conference room that's probably a better way to express it and uh we have a very nice lunch and you know a beer or a wine or whatever and just sit around chatting for a couple of hours um about business is about what's working what's not working latest techniques tools softwares and things like that so I find this really valuable it's only an hour up the road on the train for me so it's very very convenient for me to attend I'm also uh, on Saturday and Sunday going to be at the Morecambe Crime Festival now again Morecambe is is down the motorway it's about an hour away from me it's actually a town that I used to teach in many many years ago I used to be a teacher in that area primary school teacher so uh, I will probably take a walk along the road to take a look at the old school that I used to uh, teach in as well uh, not that I regret uh, sort of leaving that profession, uh, but uh, it's very interesting. We used to love living around there. I would quite happily live around there again. I do have a um, strong affinity for UK traditional seaside resorts. I always have done. I love Blackpool. You know, I like Morecambe, Bridlington, Scarborough. I'm just trying to think what else. I mean, we, I tend to have be northern resorts, but, um, uh, you know, Silleth is just up the road from us as well. But I, I, I really do like and find them very interesting traditional seaside uh, resorts. So I will be at this crime writing festival on Saturday and Sunday. Um, lots of kind of regional and national writers talking about all sorts of thriller topics. Um, it was a ridiculous ticket price. I bought it ages ago. I think I got an early bird ticket for about 20 quid, uh, which is ridiculous. And I, I know they're having trouble... Um, 
with the funding for it. I think they've sold the tickets out, but they, they, they're not covering their costs. So I even put a bit extra for just giving because 20 quid's ridiculous for a ticket for the weekend. So, um, you know, I'm quite happy with the cost of that. And I'm um, looking forward to spending the weekend, you know, chatting and learning about uh, crime and thrillers. I have a very controversial announcement to make um, on, on this diary. And I, I think this is set in stone now, but, you know, you know me, <laughs> we, we do change things. But I just had a, a kind of, I just had a, th- a thought as you do. I, I, I do like to think things through and I, I, I do plan a lot. And we're getting to the end of a quarter. I am thinking about what's happening in quarter four. And the controversial news is... And this will be set in stone when I put it on my quarterly planning board. So on Sunday, when I'm back from the Crime and Thriller conference, I will wipe my board and I will refresh it for the next quarter. I don't think I'm going to write until after Christmas. Yeah, there you go. It's out. The cat's out of the bag now. I don't think I'm going to write until New Year. Now, there's some solid thinking behind this. So let me explain it to you. It does feel funny not to be writing. But as as you know, if you've been listening to the diaries, all this kind of not writing started with a bit of a tiz before summer, which was basically a, a frustration that I've just not making enough money from this. I'm not selling enough books. I've written all these books and I need to sell the older ones. And, and to be honest with you, I was just thinking, well, I, I got another book bub coming up in, in two weeks time. So fingers crossed. I'm always reticent about this, but fingers crossed that should be an income generator. So we, we've got an income generator in between now and Christmas. And, and also, I've got another one to probably got another three tries of the secret bunker as well um, on BookBub. And remember, I haven't really been pushing these at all. So I, I'm going to have a good push at the secret bunker. But what I decided to do with the secret bunker is wait for the grid BookBub and hope that the BookBub does well with the grid. And then to go back with the secret bunker to say, oh, you know, we've just shifted however many copies of the grid we shift love to try that with the secret bunker now you know it's part of the same sort of series so i'm going to give that a try that's going to be my strategy with the secret bunker but the the whole point of this is that i'm doing what i said i needed to do which was to sell the books i've written before i write too many more so i know i can write the books i know i can bang them out at a rate of knots that isn't the issue the issue is with you know focusing on the sales. I need to make the sales because otherwise I'm just going to be a very prolific book writer who makes no money, and uh, and that to me is not acceptable. I need to I need to to buckle down and get the money bit done as well. So uh, so we know we can write the books. We just don't know whether I can sell them yet. So well I'm getting better at it. So you know having had the book bub um, for Don't Tell Meg, which is obviously increased income at the moment, I'm hoping. Two touch wood that the grid will also increase income. So in many respects, that kind of takes care of income, you know, up up to Christmas. That that that's that's good. Um, and again, you know, uh, I got to keep a powder dry with this. The grid might flop on BookBub. I'll, I'll tell you why it shouldn't completely flop in a moment or two. What what kind of data I've got to support that hopefully it won't completely flop. But I'll I'll talk about that in a moment or two. So um, I was thinking, okay, I've got so many lies to get edited. So I've, remember, I've got a 90K book written and ready to go. Well, I've got to edit it. So my wife's finishing reading now. She's she's doing her read on it. And then I think, uh, then I was thinking, okay, if I edit that, I work on that. And then next year, I want to write a thriller series. And I'm just, again, I'm mulling over at the moment whether it would make more sense sort of strategically if that this four book thriller series I want to write four books next year if that thriller series 
had my core characters in Pete and Alex or the Don't Tell Meg trilogy. Uh, people, uh, the sort of feedback I get from people who read the series is they, they kind of want more. You, you go on a real journey with them uh, at, at the end. and It's kind of a, a ride that you kind of gasp at the end, I think. Uh, has a nice climax. And I think you probably start off not liking Pete very much and then completely gunning for him by the end of the series. And there are many characters in there too that I'd like to revisit. And I have on my whiteboard to my left here actually sketched out what the, you know, what the four books would be if I, if I deployed the characters again. So it's either going to be sort of a standalone series. Or, or, it, or, or you know, I know it would make much more sense for it to be built on Don't Tell Meg because then that would give me a sequence of seven. The Don't Tell Meg trilogy is would effectively be the prequel to the main series. The main series would be kind of the characters where we leave off. And, um, you know, in very simple terms, it's very easy for me to pick up. You've got a journalist there. That's obviously based on my experience. Peter's a journalist. And Alex is a, is a journalist too, but their careers moved in different directions. But because they've been involved in a, a sort of a national crime, one, one that's got the attention of the press around the world, my feeling was that I could very easily bring them in, you know, to be consultants. Uh, I don't really, I don't, I mean, I, again, I've got to think about this, but if I if I go to the tropes, I ought to be looking at a DI or something like that. And, and this is why I'm dithering with this a little bit, because I do want to write the next four books to market. So I've just got to make a decision about whether kind of having a journalist instead of a DI, which is usually what people use, you know, whether that's going to stray from the tropes too much. That's really why I'm dithering. But anyhow, whatever, whatever that I've got those decisions to make. I thought, when I sat down, I thought, you know what, I'm really enjoying the marketing. The marketing work I've done over summer has had a direct correlation to income on the uh, podcasts as well as the books. So income's up as a result of concentrating on the marketing. And um, I would like to get so many lies edited, so my edit first. And I would also like to plan the series of thrillers properly. Now, I'm going to talk to you about my reading of the Chris Fox books in a moment or two. And, and they, they've informed that decision too. I also want to push and get and get the secret bunker ready for a book bubble. So I, I want to get three tries at that. And I want to rewrite the blurbs and things like that. So I just felt like I've got, I've got plenty on. I've got plenty to do. And it's, and it's all geared to, you know, selling books, uh, uh, selling the books that I've got. And that's really where I felt that um, I, I just think that it, it would do me good. It would also give me a break from writing. So uh, I think is it Joanna Penn talks about refilling the creative well. I, I I've got loads of thoughts you know buzzing around my head now. I am I've got this uh, sci-fi idea, this literary fiction sci-fi idea that I'm, I'm you know really quite keen to write. Now there's a little regional scheme. Um, and actually, I need to get the date because it needs to be applied for shortly. But there's a little regional scheme um, that would involve me traveling over to Middlesbrough. But it's a kind of supported scheme that takes place over a year where you kind of you kind of write a book over a year and you get uh, feedback from uh, sort of traditional people, tra- you know, traditional editors and, and, and publishers. And I'm quite keen on maybe doing that and slow tracking that literary fiction. I said a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember when I mentioned it, the diaries, you know, I said, I don't know whether my writing skill is up to that book yet. And because this schemes popped up, I'm thinking, well, you know, that would be quite a nice little, it'd be nice if I slow burned the literary fiction idea and did that as my project. If I could get a place on this, this regional um, 
campaign, workshop, whatever you want to call it, for writers. And then, obviously, the the, uh, the thrillers I'm sort of quite happy with. Uh, I could just rattle those out one a quarter next year. Um, and, and I might go for rapid release with those. So I'm reading a lot about rapid release. So what I might do with that, that four pack of thrillers um, is then to, you know, to release them, probably well, not to release them until halfway through the year. So I get book one, two edited and ready to go. And then when book three is sort of ready, so I could be releasing one every, every 28 days for a period of three months. When I can get that release schedule sorted i might then release the new books that might mean that well i think if i if i do burden of guilt i'll probably aim to release that i usually try and release one around my birthday which is towards the end of march so i'd probably release burden of guilt towards the end of march and then uh, rapid release books sometime what is it uh, january February, march april may june maybe july-ish time sometime around there so again this is just sort of broad thinking aloud in my head but it also feeds into what I said before summer which is about making income from existing assets so I would be sweating existing assets there trying to make more money for the books I've already written while I'm working on the other books and that's kind of the plan there so that's where I'm going at the moment as always I'll let you know um, and I just want to mention this book again. I've put a link on the show notes because the book Flight Plan by Brian Tracy I, I sort of is informing my judgment here. And again, just in case you've not heard me mention this flight plan, it's about how it's based just based on the concept that when you jump on an aeroplane, maybe you know you're heading to wherever you're heading to, um, JFK, say, and although you're heading for JFK. En route, the pilots have to make several course corrections. They're constantly making course corrections, even though the destination remains the same. And it's the same in writing, the concept or business, as, as Brian Tracy explains, that you know we're constantly making course corrections, even though the outcome is the same. So I've recognised, you know, I want to be an author. I want to make my living as an author. And what I'm doing at the moment is a course correction. It's part of my flight plan. And I've recognised that if I'm going to be a successful author, I have to wrestle this beast that is marketing and selling books. And that's what I'm doing at the moment. And since since I've started that, um, and I'm trying to remember who said this quote, where you put your focus is where you get your results. I think it might be another one of Robin Sharma's quotes. Where you put your focus is where you get your results. It's a, it's a quote like that. And it's... It, and, and it feeds into this um, a book, a book that I talked about in the Patreon account, uh, which is about, so what's it called? It's a, a book about the concept of luck. It's something that I mentioned on a video where I'm recommending books in my Patreon account uh, about luck and actually how you make luck. And you make luck by putting the right things in your path. So no one's lucky, um, but, but, but they appear lucky. And, um, you know, so by focusing on the marketing um, intently, it's, it might seem lucky that I've got a book, two book bubs in a row, but is it luck or was it intention? Was it because I sort of put myself in the path of that luck by taking the right actions? And I, I believe it's all about action. I don't believe in luck, but I believe you could, you could create uh, events that feel lucky um, by taking the right actions. And it boils down to that phrase that, that what you focus on is where you get your results. So um, I'm focusing on selling books at the moment. 
Um, so I do recommend flight plan to you uh, because if if you're in that frustrated zone, which I very much was and I still am in that frustrated zone, not selling enough books consistently enough, then sometimes you just have to rejiggle your plan. You don't have to stick slavishly to the flight plan. You know, you can take minor detours and you'll still get to where you want to be. Um, but also, you see, part of that is is this constant process of review. If you don't review what you do, if you don't analyse what you do, you're never likely to get better. When I was on the radio for years, no one likes listening to their voice, and I don't like listening to my voice either. But I, in years of having to listen to it, I've got over it because it's just a tool for doing a job. Um, and you just need to, you just need to get over your self consciousness and you just need to listen to it as a, as a piece of work and analyze it as a piece of work. So when I was on the radio doing radio shows, very different from a podcast, incidentally, because a lot of it's scripted and, and, uh, you know, all the segues and things, a lot of it's scripted. And, uh, whereas this isn't scripted, this is, this is ad libbed. So if I sound like a, you know, a sort of a, a, a bumbling buffoon when I do these, it's because I'm, I'm just completely busking it from a, from an outline. Whereas when you're on the radio, you've got uh, scripts, everything's scripted. And then you just occasionally do asides and ad libs. Uh, but it's pretty well scripted. All the intelligent stuff is scripted. And, and the, the trick of a presenter is to, is to make it sound like it's not scripted. It's just to read it in a way that sounds informal and relaxed. So uh, that's why I sound like a bungling buffoon when I when I ad lib round these uh, scripts, but um, it's very different uh, from radio. But uh, oh yeah, so I used to listen. I used to listen to myself because you had to listen to annoying habits. Do I have annoying habits? So for instance, I, I do listen to these podcasts. I sample them every now and then, and I know that my got a really annoying habit of uh, going which I don't do in normal speech, I don't think, but but it's a kind of pause technique. And I'm trying not to do it. I also, I think I've taken it off now, but I used to have a note at the top that said, don't say so as many times. And so you've got to, you've got to, anal- you've got to analyze stuff to find out what the annoying habits are so that you can try and get rid of them. And that's just the same with the writer career. You've got to work out what's not working out for you and, um, and make a new plan. So with that in mind, I have got uh, two books live for free booksy. As I'm recording this, they've just gone live in actual fact. Now, I've had some frustrations with this because, well, I'm not very happy with Amazon at the moment. I told you last week that I was waiting for Publish Drive. I'd submitted to Publish Drive, the free, well, not the free versions, but I'd submitted my uh, all of my books now to Publish Drive. And Publish Drive deals with them really quickly. And then you have to wait forever for Google to list them. And why I discovered this week, here's a top tip with Publish Drive, is that they weren't showing up as having published on Google Play in the Publish Drive interface. But in actual fact, they had been live on Google Play for some days. If you use Publish Drive, just be aware of that. If you're on a deadline like I've been, anxiously refreshing the dashboard, seeing if they're published yet, they were live on Google Play. But it seems to take the Publish Drive dashboard a couple of days to reflect that fact. Be aware of that. Um, go direct to Google Play. Look up your author name and see if they're there before you, you panic too much because mine actually were there. The frustration this time has actually been with Kindle. I'm really, oh, I'm not going to swear because I have to put a explicit on the, um, I have to put an explicit on this episode, but I'm really frustrated with Kindle or Amazon because I asked them to put the two books free some time ago. They did don't tell Meg, but they seem to completely ignore the grid. And so I nagged them about the grid 
And they said, yeah, we've done that. And I kept looking at them thinking that isn't free. That still isn't free. So I nagged them again last night, I think it was, about 24 hours before we go live, and said, look, these aren't free. I can't see these free. And they sent me a screenshot saying, showing me that it's free. And I can see that I'm actually getting rid of free books in the USA now. But it ain't free in the UK. And you don't know, just want to shake someone and say, it's not free. Will you please take a look at it? Um, you know, there's a problem here. And um, so I, as far as I know, my free booksy for The Grid has gone live um, and it's not free on Amazon UK. I'm extremely frustrated about that because they've had plenty of warning to get this done. Now, in the Kobo interface, if you want it to go free, you just change the interface. You can change the territories in which it's free and it happens very, very quickly, very quickly. You get a confirmation of that well within 24 hours. It's been interesting going wide because I'm looking at interfaces, which frankly are way better than Amazon's. And this is just ridiculous. So Amazon will only let you go free if, if we're on a price match. So you've got to send them links. You've got to make them free in, in Google Play and Apple Books, iBooks, and then send them links and say, look, it's free. You need to price match. And, uh, and the frustrating thing is that I forgot to put the prices back when Don't Tell Meg after the Don't Tell Meg in BookBub. And they nagged me and said, oh, you know, we need to price match. So it's very frustrating. It's very clunky in Amazon. That's rubbish. You know, I just need to get my blooming book live. I don't need to wait forever to, to do it or argue the toss with you to say, look, it's not live. Look at what I'm saying. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not free. So that's been very, very annoying. And I highly expect free booksy to get back to me and say, we had complaints from people saying this isn't free. And I'm just going to have to send them a trail of email saying, yes, I know. Look. Amazon said they'd do this and that they'd sorted it. So that is very annoying. Of course, you don't have this. If you're in KDP Select, you just put your in your interface, in your dashboard, you just say when you want it to go free, and it's free. But it's just a real pig's ear of a job um, when you're wide and you have to ask them to manually do it. That hasn't been a good experience, as I say. Um, I'm really enjoying at the moment. I've got to recommend these Chris Fox books to you. I'm very impressed with them. I'm reading plot gardening at the moment. And this is what's made me think that I want to uh, take some time and plan the next four books. So Paul Teague, the Eternal Panther, is talking about planning. Now, if you listen to my videos in patreon.com at patreon.com slash Paul Teague, where I show you how I do all of this and how I write, uh, you know, clearly I'm not completely a panther. I don't just sit down and make it up as I go along. I do have a rough plan. And I really, if I'm going to write in a series, I really want to think these books through a little bit more carefully so that I can just um, write them at speed. Now, I'm, I am never going to be the kind of writer who does a 10,000 word outline for a book. I'm just not going to do that because I, I like the process of, of discovery. And Chris Fox told it, what, what did he call it? Marker poles, I think he called them. Now, in the UK, if you live in the UK, if you've ever been, we have a road called the A66, which is fairly close to where I live. And the A66 gets really high in places and it gets snowy uh, before anywhere else does. It gets snowed over. And and, and, and in the, the high bits of the A66, not only do they have bars to close the road off at the really high bits, they also have markers between the bars so that the snowplows presumably can see where the heck the road is because it, it just gets covered in snow. And... Chris's analogy was was really just like that, and I thought, well, I could really really get that. And he's talking about putting these these way markers, these poles, marker poles, along the points of your journey, so you can see where you're heading for, 
all the time. Now, I have done that quite informally as I've gone along. And I, I think that really the decision I'm making, I guess, is really to change my writing practice by, by not writing this in this three months and just kind of changing my, my practice, my technique, because I want to have those, I want to have the arc of those four books. I really want to, if I've done something wrong with my books, I, I don't want to have cliffhangers. I, I need to have an evolving story across a series, but that each book could be read standalone. That's really what I want to achieve next. So I've written standalone stories. I've written trilogies that kind of have cliffhangers or, or the whole arc of the story is over the three books. I want to now write a series that doesn't have cliffhangers. The books are self-contained and could be read in any orders, like, you know, like a Jack sort of Reacher. But clearly they're always better read in, in the right order. And I want to have overarching character arcs in those books so that if you read them you become really invested in the characters that that's where I'm aiming for and I just want to sit down and think about that and plan it properly rather than just leaping in I'm really enjoying plot gardening by Chris Fox I, I've thoroughly enjoyed these books that he's written I, I can't recommend them to you highly enough I just bought a lot and, uh, and I was going to buy a couple of others that I hadn't got actually um, because I'm just enjoying them so much so highly recommended those books um, all my books are live on all channels now, by the way. Everything's live on all channels, which is fab. So I am a completely 100% wide author, and my books are now listed everywhere on Google Play and everywhere. I got some useful tips from John Cronshaw, who was responding to, I can't remember what he was responding to, probably me saying, is there anything you want to tell me last week in the podcast? And I just thought I'd share these because um, one of the tips I thought was 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 excellent, bearing in mind the work I'm doing at the moment. So uh, John recommended investing in KDP Rockets to discover niche categories. I've got KDP Rocket. I've, I've bought that. haven't used it, John, but I have got it. And in actual fact, I did work through over the summer. One of the things I did was to work through Dave Chesson's um, videos for that. So I've kind of done the videos. I've had KDP Rocket for some time. I just need to actually do it properly. But I'm I'm very, very poor at research. I hate it. I hate doing keyword research and things like that. It bores me senseless doing this kind of stuff. So um, hence, there's a lot of friction there. But I, I have progressed it, just not enough. Um, I thought this was a, a great idea. Uh, John suggested keeping old blurbs. So, so when you revise your blurbs for books, John suggested keeping them on a file or wherever you keep this sort of stuff. So that whenever you apply for promos and you need a unique blurb, if you've done, if you've done promos, you know that sometimes they say, uh, you know, describe your book, but please don't use the words that you use on Amazon. I thought that was a great idea because I'm always getting that. I've just had one on Free Booksy. They ask you to do that. Have a unique blurb. And you think, oh, God, I've got to sit down and write another blurb now. And I thought that was what, you know, the best ideas are the simple ones, aren't they? But what a great idea. Just all the iterations of your blurbs, save them in Evernote or Google Drive or whatever you use, and they're always there to refer back to uh, next time you want them. Uh, another brilliant tip that John gave me, and I've put the link for this on the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Um, I listened to this on the train on the way up to Edinburgh the other day, actually. John said Brian Meeks did a fantastic interview about AMS, so that's Amazon ads, and writing blurbs. Uh, and this was on the science fiction and fantasy marketing podcast. And um, John has refreshed his using the method that Brian used. And John, I listened to that on the train and then immediately sent it back to myself because I need to do it when I'm sitting down at a desk and I can write notes. It's one of the best interviews I've I've heard with Brian Meeks. It was really, really detailed rich very very strong interview um forget the fact that it's science fiction just ignore that because it barely 
features of the interview. Uh, it's really strong interview with Brian Meeks on, on AMS ads. So, uh, highly recommended. It's on the show notes for this page. It's, um, it's very interesting. You know, you know, it's like being at a beauty contest sometimes and, and, and not even becoming a runner up. You know, when people online do these lists of favorite podcasts and you have a look hopeful that somebody's mentioned you and they haven't. And it's say it's like being in a beauty contest and, and, and being knocked out in the first round. Um, as you as your podcast gets a little bit more established, it seems to be a little bit easier to get on these lists. But I was de- delighted to see that I'd made it to uh, Nate Hofelder's blog. Uh, so Nate is the digital reader. He's quoted frequently online, but he's done uh, a big list of, of writing podcasts. And, um, and I finally made it there. And I'm, I'm with some of my kind of newer pals as well. So it's great to see, uh, where is it? Tim's there. Tim Lewis with Begin Self-Publishing. And Sarah Painter's there with The Worried Writer. Uh, I'm just, you know, all the usuals are there. The, the kind of the big, the big guys and gals. But it was nice to see a couple of us smaller uh, people making it to Nate's list. So thank you very much for that, Nate. It's a pleasure being on there. And Nate was saying about coming on um, for a uh, podcast interview at some point. And I just said, yeah, absolutely. I've got a very long prospects list at the moment. And would you believe... Um, the podcast interviews start again weekly from Monday the 1st of October and I've already got the first 10 booked in so I said to Nate at the moment I'm not I'm not booking I'm booked into I think I've got guests into December now so uh, I don't like to book I don't like to record them too far ahead otherwise it feels like you're recording and saying to somebody well that won't be on in, in for another two months it's quite frustrating if you're the guest so um, I'm pausing again now having got 10 booked in and then I just need to do one for January. Now, let, let, again, let me just share my thinking with you on this. I'm going to do these 10. So uh, at the moment, with my plans as they are, I have, I have, a, I have got, a, I've got a lot on in between now and Christmas. And you know I'm going away for Christmas as well. So um, I've been doing a lot of diary planning, which is what forced this rethink about, am I going to write this quarter? I don't think I am. I think I have enough things to do this quarter. So um, with that in mind then... Um, I think the, I think I'm going to run weekly episodes of the podcast probably until the first week of December. So that will make December the 3rd, Monday the 3rd of December. Then I'm certainly going to take a break over Christmas and then the next one will be the first Monday of January. So the, 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 the next guest podcast after that will be Monday the 7th of January. And then I'll decide. But I, I have to say that I was like working, I was editing a podcast last night and there is so much to do. And um, and I was trying to get it done in an evening. And I, I get to a stage where I'm just too tired in the evening. I thought, right, I'm going to have to leave this and come back to it tomorrow. I've, I've had enough of the day now. I need to go and sit and watch some telly or something. And, um, you know, I, I do have many, too many podcasts on. And, and over summer, the rhythm of doing one every Monday, one one guest interview per month, plus the podcast diary, um, I don't know how it feels for you, but that felt really uh, good for me. It was very, very, it was just very easy to accomplish in my, in my schedule. And I didn't feel like I was spending my life editing podcasts rather than getting on with marketing and things like that. So I have to say, I think that might be my natural balance of one podcast interview per month and then 
the weekly podcast diary, which is fine every week. And, and over Christmas, by the way, the podcast diaries will continue. So they, uh, they will, the podcast diaries will be every week and will, you know, consistently. So the podcast diaries will continue until the, the day, if there is ever a day that I stop writing and have nothing to tell you anymore about it. Uh, so the, the, the diaries are going to be every week. They're absolutely fine. No problem with those. It's the, the, the guest interviews that take much more time, uh, you know, more editing, more processing than this interview, than this podcast does. So that, that's, I, again, I, just like to share this with that's what I'm minded to do so you've got 10 weeks of of author interviews and and again to be honest with you it's been really useful for me to just catch up with all the people that I've been saying to oh I must get you on the podcast you know I must get you on I must get you on I've just worked straight through that list and and it's been great to meet all those kind of you know verbal commitments I've made uh with people so we'll see how it is The, the, the other thing about that and as I say it does feel like a more natural rhythm is I what I think I might do you know, from December, so I'll do one one per month. But actually, if I if there's somebody and I, I just need to do an interview with them, I say to them, "Look, I need to get you on. We need to talk about this." I'll just get them on and get them on fast. I'll I'll just stick an extra interview. So that that's what I'm, I'm minded to do again with that. And as ever, you know, if you've got thoughts on this, just uh, share them with me. But but my feeling is is that with the the guest interviews, people dip in and out of those. I know I do. Uh, I dip in and out of them. So when I when I, I listen to Joanna Penn every Monday, for instance. I always listen to her personal bit. I always listen to that. It's a bit I find really interesting. And then the guest I might take or leave as to whether it has relevance to me. Some I'll, I'll just leave, but I always listen to the personal bit. And that's the impression I get with this podcast that people, um, you know, if they, if they listen, if they stay, they always listen to the diaries, but they pick and choose the guests. So that, that feels like it's a good fit to me. Okay. Where are we? Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I'm about to break through. 3,000 MailerLite subscribers. Remember, I completely pruned back my subscribers around GDPR. I got rid of loads of them. Uh, so I'm, I'm just about to exceed what I had before GDPR. I've added 354 this month on the, the two Instafreebia, the two book funnel giveaways. I think that would have easily been about over a thousand before GDPR, before we gave people the options to whether they would, I know it would have been more than a thousand because I know what the numbers were for the book requests. So it would have been over a thousand if we didn't, if we weren't using all these nice GDPR techniques. But as it is, it's, it's about a third of that, a quarter to a third of that. I'm quite happy with that. 354 in a month is good, particularly as those people weren't press ganged. They're there willingly. I'm, I'm happy with those numbers. So 354 new subscribers this month. So I got 171 and 183 from Insta Freebie. And in the book funnel giveaways, I was with, sorry, I beg your pardon, these are claims, not subscribers. So I've got 171 claims and 183 claims from the two Insta Freebie giveaways I was taking part in. And I got 315 and 492 claims from the book funnel giveaways that I was in. That's over a, a thousand. I mean, what is it? It must be 1,200, 1,300, just roughly doing some arithmetic. Um, that's what it would have been in email subscribers, probably if before GDPR. Now, um, You'll also remember with my emails, I followed Queeve McDonald's advice, and I have been doing this all year. And again, to be honest with you, it feels it's a much nicer flow for me, much, much nicer flow than to think, oh, I ought to be emailing my subscribers all the time. Um, I'm just doing these monthly emails that have much more detail in, they're much more personal. And uh, I'm getting on really well with those. I, 
it really just suits my temperament fine in the way that I said to you that this diary I, I couldn't sit here and blog this every week it would bore me senseless I'd never keep it up but actually this diary is completely in flow for me I love doing this diary it's no no problem to me at all so um you know you've got to find the things I think that are your natural flow and writing these personalized more detailed um emails is working very well for me I just wrote Sundays today and I've scheduled it incidentally just a little bit of techie stuff I've done in MailerLite what's called an auto resend email so it's going to go out at 6 15 on Sunday and then it will resend to the people who didn't open it on Wednesday with a different headline and with a different teaser tag on it just to make sure I hit as many people as I possibly can with that email one final point I wanted to make about taking part in these giveaways is that when you look at the giveaways, they're just a line of book covers with titles and you can see how many of each book is claimed. And why I find that useful is if you bear in mind, I'm just literally as I speak, an email has just been sent out from Freebooksy promoting the grid and, and don't tell Meg. Those books have been on the, the two promos that I've been telling you about in Insta Freebie and Book Funnel. And it allows you to compare the number of book claims that you've had with other people. And, and so what I, what I take from that is a great way of seeing how well your book cover stroke book converts in that visual sense compared with other people in your genre. Um, and mine, mine has done very well. I am one of the top claims in, in each of those giveaways. You've got people who've got, you know, half, a quarter of the claims that I've had on my book. And there are people who've had a few more claims than me, not substantially more, but just a few more, maybe 10 or 20 claims more than me. That data is very, very interesting. Um, and again, I, I reckon that this is one of these, it's one of these bits of learning that I've stumbled upon accidentally just by taking part in these new style giveaways. Thinking, mm, this is quite good. This is quite a good way of saying which of these books is, is kind of flying off the shelf and which of these books isn't. And, and it's really, you've got very little to go on when you take part in those giveaways as a customer. It's really just the cover of the title. Um, so there's some good data to be had, I think, in those giveaways. If you're if you're testing covers, I think it's quite a nice way of getting some instant audience, audience reaction. I got a um, an email from Robert Scott Norton this week. And uh, Rob's a previous guest on the show. You could look him up if you just do a search um, on the on selfpublishingjourneys.com. You'll find Rob's interview. Rob's writing sci-fi, same sort of genre as I am in, in sci-fi, uh, similar influences, Doctor Who, stuff like that. And um, Rob said he'd just let me know how his 99 pence cents book bub promo went because, you know, I haven't um, done one of these. I've done free. I haven't done paid. And incidentally, I was doing an interview, which is running in a couple of weeks' time, about three weeks' time, with Nathan Burrows, who also has done a 99-pence-cents bookbub promo and gives me a breakdown in that interview. So if you're considering doing one of these promos, I, I haven't done one. I'm very reticent about doing a 99p one. I want to make sure I can get my money back. Well, I'd like to make some money, actually, not just get my money back. Um and, and Rob and, and Nathan had shared their info with me just so I could make a judgment about this. So let me just give you a breakdown of what Rob said. So it was a 99 cents promo. He was rejected in the US. I don't, I don't know what gets you rejected in the US. So it was just UK and it cost 121 pounds. So it was UK, Canada and Australia. And the cost was 121 pounds. And uh, Rob decided not to do any other promos. He just did the book book to see how that went. So uh, the book was the face stealer. It was two pounds 99 and three dollars 99. And Rob had recently moved it to go wide from Amazon exclusive and it was discounted to 99 pence, 99 
cents. So a what's that? A two dollar, uh, sorry, two pound and three dollar reduction on that book. Now it's the first book in a series. You know that I always say writings is or promoted series. There is currently a prequel novella available and book two is available. They weren't discounted at all. So Rob's day one sales, 73 sales on Amazon, nine on Kobo. Day uh, Sales on day two, 26 on Amazon and four on Kobo. Now, Rob also had 14 units sold through Draft Digital, but he doesn't know what the channel breakdown per day is. Uh, Rob, you can do a channel breakdown because that, that I was doing that. You need to just go into the... Um, you know, the, the, the forms on the side, but you can break it down and see exactly how many you sold on each day for each channel. That would probably be interesting data for you. That's where I found out to my surprise. I was making loads of sales on um, iBooks when I had my last book, Bob. So 14 units sold through draft of digital. That was 126 units sold in all. Royalty rate is 30%, of course, because you're, when you sell at 99 cents, you take a lower royalty rate. So the income from that was Thirty-seven pounds. Okay, and and you've got exchange rates to factor. It's what what I said to you when you wired. It's actually it's quite hard to tie down exactly what you have earned until the check comes in. So so Rob, Rob was roughly uh, thirty-seven pound income from that. Um. So his comment is no buy through. He's not had buy through. This is what I'm scared about with the grid. Um. I think the grid. I think the book one will fly off the shelves and it'll get good reviews. That's the experience. But I haven't had good buy through. And I have a feeling that's because the cover, the book cover on two isn't good enough. I think it's cover two is not strong enough. And, uh, well, book two and three are not strong enough. So I have a feeling that I'm going to end up getting new covers of the grid trilogy. I, I, that, but uh, when I've got loads of traffic over it with the, I'll, we'll soon find out. We'll soon find out, won't we? But, uh, but I've never had enough read through on that series. And that's, I think it stops at book two. So I, I, I have a feeling, you see, I may get caught like Rob has. So um, Rob was running at a loss of £84 on that deal. So he's just saying that um, he sent an email from a reader in Canada telling me that he'd read all of the, the books in the series and that he loved them and couldn't wait for the rest. So Rob, again, thinks that he might do a whole rebrand at some point. He doesn't love the covers for the face dealer of the sequel, and even the title is sounding a bit crap to him. <laughs> That's Rob's words, not mine, by the way. Uh, but, you know, looking forward, he says, I'm in the middle of writing a different series. So, um, you know, when I, you know, he's got, he's, he's got to make time decisions. And, I, and this is what I'm saying. This is why I'm not writing up to Christmas. Um, I'm good to get ready to write, but I'm good to focus on these things. So I'm going to put the grid through this, this book, Bub. Hopefully, as I say, objective one is to cover costs. Objective two is to make some money. And uh, I have a feeling I may end up changing the covers of the grid. That's my prediction because I don't think the read-through is good enough. And this is the problem that Rob's had here. He hasn't got the read-through. So he's paid a lot of money and he hasn't made that money back. Now, I've paid about three times as much of that for my promo. So, you know, if I, if I don't make my money back, um, I'm three times out uh, on that. So the, these are the sort of assessments that you have to do. But you have to take it on the chin. As Robbie's doing, he's not sort of saying, oh, you know, the world's against me. Um, you know, everybody's gang up on me. I can't sell books. He's saying, here's the data. You know, what can I improve? What might I have done wrong? And, and that's the attitude you have to come to this with. You have to, when you get test testimonials, when you get feedback reviews, 
if it's not a cranky trolley kind of review. So you have to discount the nonsense. There's loads of nonsense in reviews. But if it's a sensible review, uh, we, we, you know, I'm always receptive to sensible and constructive reviews. You take those on the chin and you learn from those and make the changes. And it's the same with things like covers and blurbs. If you, if you do a promo and the, the evidence, the data says that's not working, you have to go back to the drawing board. And that's exactly what Chris Fox covers in his books. They're brilliant books. Uh, again, you usually hear me enthusing about things like Scrivener and Vellum. I try not to over enthuse about things because uh, uh, I, I know I was talking to Nathan. He bought Vellum, I think, on, on, on my recommendation. And I know that Patrick Sheriff bought Vellum on my recommendation because I enthuse about it so much. Fortunately, both of them told me that when they bought it, they see exactly why I said that and they don't regret it at all. So thank goodness for that. But so when I really, really, really enthuse about something, I try and you know, do that with caution. But I have got a lot of value from those Chris Fox books, and the uh, I've forgotten all the titles of them. I've got so much value from them, I can't remember what they're called. But the the one about um, you know writing to market, and the one about uh, reworking your back catalogue. Uh, Rob, I, I thoroughly recommend that one about reworking your back catalogue. It's a very very good book. Okay, so that is it from the kind of you know the, the gossip, my my updates, and oh my, I'm just looking at the time. I can't believe that. Now I suppose I ought to get to my quarter three review. This, I thought this was going to be a short one this week. This is terrible, isn't it? Okay, so let's go to my quarter three review. Now, as per usual, what I do is I take a photograph of my planning board so that you can see all the things I've done. Now, you'll know if, if you know me and you've been listening to this podcast that I like to tick things off. I get a, I'm in Belbin, these psychological profile tests they do. I'm what's known as a finisher completer. So I get an immense sense of satisfaction when I tick things off a to-do list. That's, I, I like to complete things. That uh, doesn't mean I like to rush things, but I'm only happy when things are completed. So there are lots of green ticks on my quarter three board. And of course, I've been doing this for a long time. I got all the photographs of these, of these boards. So if ever I feel like I'm never achieving anything, I look at this and think, Absolutely, I'm achieving loads of things. Let me tell you what I've achieved uh, since July. So I, I was writing in July. I wrote from um, 75,000 words through to 90. So I've written uh, one, so it's 20,000. I wrote 20,000 words in July and completed so many lies. And that book went in the digital drawer. I just finished it, started my holidays, and I haven't come back to it. It's funny, I asked my wife, because I am going to get it edited and sorted for the new year. I asked my wife, I said, could you finish your read of that now for me, your first read? Because I, I hadn't let her first read it either, because it was quite rough. And she's been reading it this week, and she's really enjoyed it. She keeps asking me questions. I keep telling her I'm not going to tell her. So you have to read it and see what, and see what happens. But my wife is not a... She's not a thriller writer, uh, a reader, I beg your pardon, but she's, um, she's really sort of into this book. Um, so that, you know, that makes me happy. She's discussing stuff that I've already forgotten. I've, I've downloaded those files in my head and she's discussing things in the plot. And I think, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot I'd done that. that was, <laughs> so I, I'm actually, my enthusiasm to come back to this book and get it edited is quite high at the moment because she's doing that. Um, I only recorded three self-publishing journeys interviews. So uh, those are the interviews you're about to hear starting next week. Um, because I, I was not recording um, interviews over this quarter. So I recorded self-publishing journeys interviews 121 to 123. That's Claire Sager. Uh, it's Lindsay, Drew Honey, and it's uh, Nathan Burrows, who I interviewed this week. Um, so those those got done and recorded. I've recorded Crypto News Podcast. I know this is not interesting. She was a writer, but it just explains how I use my time. We went from episodes number 44. And then tonight with Alison, I'll be recording episode 
58 of the Crypto News Podcast. So that's what I do. I kind of plan that on Wednesday evenings and we record it on Thursday evenings. Paul's Podcast Diary went from episode 108 to episode 120. So you can see why I'm saying to you that I'm pressed for time when you think I'm doing a crypto podcast and a Paul's Podcast Diary. And over summer, I was only doing three author interviews. That, that, uh, that you know, many people would say that's actually quite a lot of output anyway. So you could appreciate why I'm saying to you actually now I'm doing weekly guest interviews too, that my time's feeling a bit squeezed. And I think I might change that from December. Uh, but I am committed, as I say, to doing you know what I've said uh, up to up to December. Also, in this quarter, I did. Um, I've just written today my September email. I've been doing these higher quality emails where I talk more about what I'm watching on TV, what I'm writing. They're much more personal emails. So July, August, September, I sent out those emails. I've had some lovely events on in this part of the year. Really enjoyed myself. I went to see Queen in concert. Went to see Run Rig in concert. I went to my mum's 80th and I went to see my mum again because I didn't really get to see her properly at, uh, at the 80th. Um, we held a podcast mastermind for local podcasters, which I enjoyed. And we're going to do that again before uh, Christmas. Yes, before Christmas. And then I've got something there. Uh, oh, I know what it was. Yeah, that was my second visit to my mum. I abbreviated. I, I couldn't remember what it was. Um, in terms of training, um, I what I, what did I do? I did the Historical Novel Society. I went to do a training day at the Historical Novel Society. And you'll also know that I'm reducing my corporate training. Now, I have, I've done a deal because I, I did a few things at the beginning of the year. It was um, Amazon, the Amazon thing in, was it Newcastle? I think it was Newcastle we went to. I did a few things at the beginning of this year that used up my leave at work, you know, my day job, my three day a week day job. And I was a bit short on leave. And and I want to go to Benidorm. You know, I'm going to Benidorm over Christmas, going for about three weeks. And I just I I I didn't I wanted to try and do that on what was left of this year's leave, not to have to start biting it early to next year's leave. So I've done a wee deal with them because I'm doing some corporate trainings. Um, if you've got a WordPress site, you'll know that WordPress is about to change to something called Gutenberg. And I'm doing some training. I did a podcast um, last week, a business podcast, not one that's um, distributed through my channels. I did a podcast about the changes that are coming up. And I'm doing a webinar, a corporate webinar on, when is it? Tuesday next week. And that webinar is going to feed people into two training sessions, which I've agreed to do. But rather than take the cash for the training sessions, I've done a deal where I, I get the time off. So it just sorts me out with a couple of extra days. Uh, I need one for Benidorm. Uh, and I need one to go and visit one of my children uh, for a lovely Christmas fair in their city. So um, I was quite happy to do that for the time. So I've got two more corporate trainings coming up um, before Christmas. Um, what else have we done? Okay, so uh, book bubs. We had, um, I'm trying to think what happened with the book bubs. I did, so I got the Don't Tell Meg book bub. It's a big tick there. Um, I, I got knocked back on the grid once and I got accepted. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I got, I think I got knocked back for the grid and secret bunker once. On second apply application for the grid, I got in, and I'm not going to reapply for the secret bunker now until I've hopefully got some decent stats on the grid, because that's what, do you remember last week I said to you, I always put something in the comment box, well, when I resubmit the secret bunker this time, I want to be able to say we shifted X thousand, fingers crossed, touch wood, of the grid, and I'd like to do the same again with the secret bunker, blah, blah, blah. So I'm I'm keeping my powder dry with the secret bunker for the second submission. In terms of day trips, we had some lovely day trips. I went to see Judy Cordina in Hexham. 
Um, and then I've been, where have I been? I've been dropping kids off in, in their sort of university cities. Uh, I enjoyed Hexham so much when I went to see Julie that I went back with the family for a day trip. We went to a, a big theme park in Scotland that we like to go to before uh, the kids all go their separate ways, you know, to uni and school and things like that. So we've had a couple of, uh, we've done loads of family trips actually over summer, but I don't put, I only put the big ones on the board. Um, but, you know, clearly, um, it was the summer holidays. Uh, you know, I had two kids away from home now, so I also wanted to make sure we had plenty of family time over summer. And then uh, what else have I done? Oh, yeah, I've been reading the um, the Chris Fox books. So I'm working through those still. And I read um, The One Thing, uh, as you know, as well, over summer. So I've also got a separate board here, and I'll, I'll take a photograph of this, because as you know, summer's been about marketing. And I, I've ticked off a load of items on my marketing list, so I wanted to have all my books available as as 10% previews on InstaFreebie and BookFunnel. So I've done that in Vellum, so that when they're in KDP Select, if I put them back in KDP Select or I put a series back, I can then use the 10% previews as as giveaways to keep building my mailing list if I'm in KDP Select. Um, what did I do? I've sorted my Patreon out. That's really, really happy with Patreon at the moment. Loads of content in there. It's at patreon.com slash Paul Teague, putting loads of stuff in there. And also when the interviews start on Monday, every Monday when the interview's live, if you're a Patreon supporter, there's always going to, there's going to be some un, unheard of uh, audio or, you know, unseen, unheard, whatever you want to call it. Um, five to 10 minutes with my guest that's in Patreon only. So uh, I'm really happy with Patreon now. I really feel like, again, I found my my flow with Patreon. That really suits my working technique and style. Uh, what else did I do? Insta freebie listings, they're all up to date. My email marketing got completely reviewed after GDPR. So I'm back to email marketing. I've got my automations going again now. Uh, Ingram Spark, I've had a review on that. I've got all but I've just got a little bit of a problem with the cover on Ingram Spark, but I got a delivery of four books this morning of Ingram Spark paperbacks. Let me just grab them. Hang on, leaning over. So um, I'm waiting for Don't Tell Meg to come, but I've got The Murder Place, The Forgotten Children. I'm, um, you know, with lovely Stuart Bache paperback covers on. So I'm just proofing those. And when Don't Tell Meg comes and that's sorted out, um, I'm going to try and get those into Waterstones if I can as a local author, because they could order them through channels. I've also got The Secret Bunker uh, back on now. And that I've done that so that the the secret bunker, the tourist attraction, could order them and get their fifty five percent discount because I'm happy to use those as a loss leader for them. And of course, I've also moved everything off Create Space now and into Amazon. So I've I've spent a lot of time sorting out paperbacks. I've got one outstanding problem that I just need to sit down and you know get my head round with. Um, I think it's the Grid, the Grid Book One. I'm just having a problem with it on. It's fine on. Uh, Amazon, but for some reason Ingram Spark doesn't like it, so I I just need to get my head down and sort it out. Um, but then then I've got core books, so core strategic books, not all of my books, uh, but core strategic books are on Ingram Spark, so they can go wide. Um, I went through both my podcasts, and again, you probably won't even notice this when you look at it, but the, I've done a lot of ninja marketing stuff on there. So I, I've got um, on each page of the podcast, I have I'm using a plugin to create five invisible fields um which allow me effectively to change adverts across a whole website without having to go into each page to do it so if i have something that's not converting or making sales i could try something different to try and make sure that i'm promoting high converting um, offers throughout the site so if something doesn't make any sales you get rid of it and try something different 
So uh, I've got that on both sites now. Um, and the other, the other thing I did with you know I've done, I've gone through all the interviews. I've got a whole diary page. Every, everything. Um, when I started doing the diary, I used to put the diaries on the guest pages. I've stripped the pages out now. So loads of behind the scenes stuff. Now again, that won't make any difference to you at all because you just probably download this in your feed. But in terms of creating um, an evergreen method of driving traffic and making sales, it was necessary for me to do that with the podcasts. It, it sets up the systems going forward for me to just continue the podcast and now it's all systemized but when you tend to do these things you start something like a podcast you don't know how long it's going to go here i am what am i going to be 240 episodes on monday and it feels like no time at all since i started the podcast and it's a bit of a frankenstein's monster when you start it you find your flow and then i just wanted to go back desperately and sort out um the system that I was going to use going forward. And, and as I've said to you, the podcast needs to earn its cash. It needs to make money for me. You know, I need to get Patreon supporters through. I think we're up to, where were we? Was it, I think it was, I think we're up to, are we up to 30, which is nowhere near as many as other people have, but it's much better than I had before. 30, we've got 30 patrons this week uh, now. So obviously I need to build that much more. If you're considering being a patron and sitting on the fence, please jump in. There's loads of stuff in there now. Um, but, you know, I need to make the, the podcast uh, make money uh, really going forward. So uh, the other thing I did, by the way, uh, was every author who's been on, I now have affiliate links to their books on their page. That makes perfect sense from a search engine point of view. If I look for Fred Blog's author and my page comes up, chances are you're interested in that author and you'll then go on to buy books. So I need to have those affiliate links on the page. Just basic marketing stuff that is um, all my books went through vellum i'm going to do that again actually because now i've got all my books wide i just want to make sure that all my cross so, so that on every channel i've got those um i've done a video on this in patreon by the way showing how i do this but in vellum uh you could create bespoke links for every channel so that when you create the versions the google play version has only google play promo links in the the, the amazon version only has kindle links in it and things like that so um i've done i've gone ninja on that and all those files i just need to do a last refresh on them because um having now finally got my books in google play i could just sort the last google play books out and and then i'm good across the board with that i also by the way sorted out my books to read links on there too because they needed updating they were only showing amazon links and i needed to refresh the link so it brought in all the other platforms that i'm now promoting on now i'm wide so you know there's just loads of marketing stuff going on in the background this is all system stuff it's all really important uh, because it means i'm not leaving money on the table i've got every opportunity there to sell and it's very very important to do that i did some training i've probably been a bit more reticent with the training as, as you know I'm, i'd rather be doing than sitting there thinking about it or watching stuff and, and I have to watch that. But I did do, um, what have I done? I did, I worked through all of Adam Croft's, uh, BookBub ads training because that was going so well for me when I did the Don't Tell Meg promo. I worked through that very quickly. Excellent training that that's in Mark Dawson's courses. And I also worked through Dave Chesson's Amazon ads training, but I need to come back to Mark Dawson's Amazon ads training as a matter of, sort of importance urgency is not the right word but importance and then facebook i was going to go through the facebook training but you know my frustration with facebook and in this quarter they've banned me and i would love to be advertising on facebook there's very little point in me working through the training because i have no account i can't market on facebook at the moment so you know we're stuck aren't we i'm stuck with facebook i don't know i don't really know how to progress that one at the moment so 
Facebook I haven't done because there's no point, but I was doing really nicely on Facebook when I had those primers. I'm very frustrated that I can't use it at the moment. Um, Chris Fox, I've been working through Chris Fox's books. That will continue next quarter. And I did a load of stuff on the um, crypto podcast. So that's kind of my review of quarter three. There's only two things left to do in quarter three, and that is to edit and publish this podcast and to record and edit the podcast with Alison that I'm doing on Crypto News tonight. And then everything on that list will have been ticked off. But I am carrying forward some marketing jobs. And again, looking at my kind of the progress with marketing, I haven't quite finished the marketing yet. And I've really, I think, really benefited immediately from doing all this stuff. So really, I'll talk to you in detail about my quarter four objectives next week. But really, I want quarter four to be so many lies edit, planning for 2019, getting four books planned for 2019, getting those characters and arcs sorted out, and then also finishing off this really valuable marketing work that I'm doing. I just think, I just feel that's the best way for myself to spend the time. That's why I, I think, as much as I'd love to be writing, um, I, I think this is the best way to spend the time. So that that's, that's what I'm going to do. Um, that's the plan. I'll confirm my quarter four goals with you next week. As I say, I always find it nice to kind of clear the board and work out what I haven't done and then plan it out. I find that very useful being able to plan on a board. So I'll confirm what the plans are for, what is it, October, November and December um, next week. That'll be in next week's podcast diary. If you haven't supported this podcast on Patreon yet, please consider doing it. If you uh, support me on Patreon, it kind of justifies me turning up every week basically if i if i if i know people value what's being done uh, i know i'm not wasting my time so you could uh, support me on patreon for as little as 12 dollars a year um because uh, the the minimum tier is one dollar uh, per month and so i'd be very grateful if you supported me on patreon that kind of um secures the podcast if you want it secures the future um, of the podcast the, the more supporters we have on there and I in turn am just trying to really pack that with value and just give you loads of stuff that you can't get from this um, weekly podcast um, so I can tell you about stuff in this podcast but I can show you how to do it um, in the Patreon account and I'm also always receptive to people asking me questions you'll see there that a lot of people have said how do you do this Paul can you show us your system for this and I just jump on the video put a video in there and you can see what I'm doing so if you feel that would be valuable if you get value from this podcast then I'd love it if you hopped over to patreon.com slash Paul Teague and join me as a Patreon there okay from Monday we return to weekly interviews and this is going to run through now until just before Christmas Interview number 121 is Claire Sager. It's a take two interview for Claire. The reason that I've got Claire on so soon after the original interview is we don't talk about anything that we talk about in the original interview. It's a completely separate interview about her first book launch. Now, if you remember, um, Claire wrote a really long sort of fantasy book about 100, 120,000 words off the top of my head. And it was a first time launch for her. But in, in very sort of catchy headliney terms, for a spend of 63 pence, Claire managed to make almost $200 of sales on her first book launch. And I just said to her, look, Claire, I know a lot of authors, myself included, who would have been delighted to make that in their first month as a brand new author, a 63 pence ad spend. And she just talks us through all the steps, the stages of how she did that. And I think that'd be tremendously uh, valuable. I certainly got a lot of value um, out of that. And, you know, you, uh, you just learn some new stuff 
whoever you talk to, whatever stage they're at. So Claire's coming back for that second interview. Some really good tips in there. Uh, make sure you listen to that. It's coming up episode 121 on Monday, the 1st of October. I'm back with another diary update for you next Saturday. Have a great week of writing. I'll speak to you then. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.